Yes, sir. Oh, we hold on. Let me go ahead and move. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Remove the name. Oh, well, welcome in to another episode of the Trapper Dive podcast provided to you by 214 Media and the Hogs Haven SB Nation blog site. I'm your host, Marley Mall, Handog Mall, Coach Mall, all that good stuff, man. Um, and yeah, we here back again. Uh, I got my boy Montel in the background, about to load up, about to get him in here. A and Dre, uh, A, AJ and Dre are on their way. Um, we got some news to discuss. Uh, first and foremost, let me go ahead. It looked like it looked like my boy ready, so let me go ahead and get him in here. Boom, there we go. As always, before I check in with Montel, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and whichever way you are watching, whichever way you are listening, if you are on Twitter, you are more than welcome to stay on Twitter. However, we don't get to see your comments on StreamYard through Twitter for whatever reason. So if you want to be a part of the show, try to migrate over to uh, the YouTube channel so you can be a part of the show and check in with the gang. Montel, man, have faith. How you feeling, bro? You good? Man, I can't complain. What's funny is I've been trying to um find because I used to use uh what's it called? Uh you know what I'm talking about the other thing that you used to used to post was it Twitch? I used to use that. Oh yeah, yeah, Twitch. Yeah, yeah so I'm like, I'll be seeing the joint pop up on Twitter. I actually seen y'all show last week. That was a good show with Pete Haley. Appreciate um, you, Dre. AJ, all y'all did y'all thing, man. Made some profound points, so y'all inspired me to pop back out. There, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, so that joint was on Twitch, bro. But you know, if we being transparent here, I don't, I don't know what happened, but it, it just died. <laughs> it, it died over there. Um, probably because I ain't playing enough video games. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but YouTube is the is the new spot. Um, but yeah, I, I you you hit my phone, bro. Like it. I don't even know when you hit my phone. A couple days ago, bro, I was like, bro, I got to get on. Um, I ain't even going to lie to you. I purposely did not read why you wanted to get on. You told me why. But I, I just heard you say, I got to get on. I was like, let's save it for the show yes, um, and figure out what you got going on. Hey, bro, do you be looking at the XFL at all? Do you be paying attention to that? Nah, bro. I know, I, I know what I see, and I know DC is pretty good, and they got a really uh, good fan base. So if that's any sort of indicator of how if they getting up like that for the XFL, just imagine what they would do if we was any good. You know what I'm saying? Fact, <laughs> it's it's fine. What's going on, Monty? Appreciate you checking in, big dog. Appreciate everybody that's checking in right now, uh, live. Yeah, like right now the game. What is it? Seven oh four. The game is starting. It's a Monday. They got a Monday night game. Um, defenders undefeated going up against uh Houston Roughnecks, like four and one. But it's crazy though. Like you, you absolutely right because. I'm over here thinking, like, um, I knew about this game. I mean, XFL is doing a good job promoting it. But, like, I knew about this game, like, if if in my head, I'm like, damn, Commanders win. They got a 
honestly, Commanders. Uh, uh, defenders when they got a primetime matchup as an undefeated team, the only undefeated team in the in the league, bro. And, and like DC is just itching, like they don't care. Like right now, they don't care who is doing good. They just want to show up to a sporting event drunk and that's have it. fun and support a team that's doing good, bro. Like they don't care. That's it, man. I mean, and then what we suffer through in terms of mediocrity with the Wizards and 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 Commanders. Look, our fans itching. Like you said, we geeking. I said this to you a while back in the car. I was like, man, watch when it – because this team going to get good. I just don't know when. Oh, no. Bro, but I ain't no way. This city going to go crazy. This city I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the game the game now on the other screen. Um, it's it, it got a spaced out crowd. Like, it's not – or maybe it's just early and people are flowing in because it is in the city, um, 7 o'clock. People may still be getting off work or something or heading to the game, but yeah, it's um, it is interesting. It's Monday, shit. it is Monday too. Let's go ahead and get the gang in here. They all in here now. Dre, AJ, boom, boom. There we go, fellas. AJ, Dre, appreciate y'all checking in. <laughs> How y'all doing though? Y'all good? It's good, man. I'm good. I got my man Martel here, man. What's good with you? Yo, yo, what's good, Dre? How you feeling, man? I was shit, just man, telling you y'all did y'all thing last show, man. I checked in. I was listening. I said, hey. They spitting, so y'all inspired me, man. I said I got <laughs> one more show. Yeah. It was that time. <laughs> uh, AJ, what's going on with you, player? Oh, hey, happy, hey, happy, but hey, for those who don't know, man, uh, chat, uh, people listening, uh, it is uh, AJ's belated this weekend. Um, I know he didn't probably had like four, 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 five bottles of Casamigos alone. I know he, I know he, I know he can take care of that by himself, but uh. Yeah, man, happy belated to AJ. I hope all I hope everything was straight with you this weekend, too. Nah, appreciate it, man. I'm getting cooked over here with this damn uh what are we on? StreamYard? This thing yeah, is StreamYard. Not laptop at all right now. You said you said what? You don't got your laptop. <laughs> nah, I got it, but it's like it's just like frozen for some reason. Like, and it keeps freezing, but it's all good. So I'm gonna be off camera for a little bit until I get it fixed. Okay. All right, all right. Um, so yeah, now nah, we were just talking about the XFL, XFL before we got started, man. Uh, game just started with the defenders. You got the little tweet. I forgot who sent that to you, Dre. I, I got the alert from the Trapper Dive side, and they were talking about the game too. That's actually quite interesting. I wonder how many are actually like tuned in, like on the TV. I wonder how much that is locally. The XFL even exists. I haven't watched one game. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I actually heard a couple of people say, yeah, the defenders, the defenders, but I don't even know their record. I haven't watched a game. I ain't seen one minute of action. It's been it's been entertaining. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Uh five and oh, uh DC is the, the team that they're playing tonight is four and one. Um, but yeah, now it's been it's been a pretty interesting season so far, like just watching the competition. Um I guess well, we'll who's see their backup you, quarterback is that might be our quarterback in a couple years. De'Eric King and Jordan oh, Thomas, uh, Miami dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both yeah. of them, both of them playing. They actually wrote things, bro. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Anyway, we got things to discuss, fellas. Um, We were going to do, and we still are, we were going to just do free agency, Uh, excuse me, not, not free agency, but um, extensions from Sweat. Montez Sweat, Cam Curl, Antonio Gibson, some some looming extension conversations that that should be had, and also tight end running back. And then uh, we also ran into Martin Mayhew a couple hours ago. He had he had spoke at the owners meetings in Arizona. Um, so we can go ahead and start with that. 
uh, since he just got done speaking today. Uh, fellas, have you all had a chance to read some of the tweets or quotes that came from him, or should we go like line by line? Um, we, he spoke on Chase Young, Lamar Jackson, the offensive line, and Sam Howe. I think I think you should highlight a couple of them. Okay. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and start with um this is come on. Let's 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 get this let's get this out of the way. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and 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 do the quarterback. Um we'll we'll start with Howe and then we'll swing to matter of fact, let's read them both. We'll do Howe and Lamar Jackson and and go from there. Um so on Lamar Jackson, uh Martin Mayhew said that he was persistent. Uh, persistent in his messaging um, about like where it stemmed from. He said, I'm not sure where it all comes from. From the very beginning, we've been very consistent with our message uh, and it continues to come up. It's coming from somewhere, but it's not coming from us. Um, that's what he said in regards to Lamar Jackson, uh, adamant that they're staying with their, their Sam Howell uh, and Jacoby Brissett approach. Uh, he also followed up. This is from Nikki Jabala, who does a really good job transcribing. Um, he had a longer conversation on why they're not as aggressive at pursuing a quarterback as they were last year. And he said the following, um, I would say we've been very impressed with Sam Howe from start to finish. Uh, I know the fans and you guys saw one game, but we saw Sam throughout his college career. We saw him from the time that we drafted him last April. We saw him at rookie minicamp. We saw him in OTAs, saw him in training camp. Saw him at practice the entire season. Saw him. Hold on, let's go ahead and get here. We go. Uh, saw him at practice the entire season. Saw him go out and beat a playoff team in his first start. We feel very, very confident in Sam Howe. So, those are the comments at quarterback. Those are the comments on Sam Howe. Those are the comments on Lamar Jackson. Um, let's go ahead and get that one out the way. How do you all feel about uh, what he's saying? Um, he also had a video too. I'm, I'm gonna get to it after you all speak, but he also had a video too that was actually quite strange, where he compared a, a defensive lineman to picking up a, a, a damn quarterback. But let's go ahead and pause here. I'll give y'all the floor. Uh, I mean, well, personally, I think anything at this point you hear Mayhew or any of them guys talk, it's almost like just listening to politicians at this point. Like they just saying anything at this point, you know, just to go out there and, you know, create whatever narrative they want the fans to buy into. I mean, not to say that I'm, you know, really disgruntled like a lot of fans are, but I mean, it's it just reeks of bullshit, especially the Sam Howell stuff, because, yeah, you watched them in college, you watched them in practice all year, but yet you didn't even want to start in the last game of the season. <laughs> like Taylor Heineke had to convince the head coach to start this guy, Sam Howell. And this is when the season is damn over, you know? And then that one point at any point in this year, I mean, it wasn't like we were having great quarterback play or anything, but not at one point did you hear any leak out there, there was a possibility that they were going to look at Sam Howell. You know, it was always, Hey, if it's not Taylor, it's going to be Carson. You know, as soon as Carson went down, they went straight to Taylor. Like they did not really want Sam to go out there. So that's why I say, you know, I really would like to know their true feelings about Sam Howell at this point, because I don't think we know what they feel about Sam. Howell. I think at this point they're just strapped in whatever the case may be. I don't know if ownership is strapping them. I don't know if, you know, they just don't want to spend much money this year. They don't want to take a chance at the quarterback position. Maybe they just want to build up the roster, but whatever it is, I don't think it's indicative that they believe in Sam Howell. I mean, they signed a guy, Jacoby Brissett, who was probably the best backup quarterback on the market. He can he can actually beat Sam Howell in a competition. But I don't know if they're going to have a serious competition this year. Um, 
Because I don't think they've ha- really had one since Ron Rivera's took over as far as serious competitions. I mean, they say there's quarterback competitions, competitions, but we as fans already know before the season goes who was going to start. And that guy has always started the season. So I think Sam Howe is the guy they want to win the job this year. I don't know if it's going to be a real competition. So it's like I said, listening to Martin Mayhew and him talk is just politician talk. But I mean, I am hopeful of Sam as a fan. Like, I mean, I'm going to root like hell for Sam Howell until he shows me he isn't something, you know, I'm, I'm and I'm actually intrigued, but I'm not confident going into the season with Sam Howell. And I don't think anybody can say they're confident going into the season with Sam Howell. Well, they, they will tell you they're confident. People will tell you they're confident. They will. That's the, the politician The question talk. is, are they full of it? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Who's up next? Y'all got I think, it. I think I mean, they've showed you. I'm sorry, AJ. AJ, I wanted to give you the floor because you're the vet, man. Go ahead, man. You know, I got to give you the floor. Ahead, I, know so you gonna, I know you're going to go on. If y'all can see my background, <laughs> letting Martin Mayhew in front of a microphone is like talking to a brick wall. Like, his brain is a brick. Like, at the end of the day, man, I don't really know what, what he's talking about because – in my opinion, if you have to mention two quarterbacks, you have a quarterback issue overall. So uh, to say that Sam Howell is not in a – he's not a developmental player is, is, is false because he hasn't played. Like, and if you truly believed in him that much and you have foresight, you would know that Taylor Heineke wasn't going to stay here next year. Like, no matter how much of a great season he had – the writing was already on the wall. You kind of told him that he's not good enough to lead this team. And you went and got a subpar quarterback in Carson Wentz that you allocated money for your cap and draft capital. You almost lost a second round pick. If if that man don't get hurt, you would have lost a second and a third um, in this year's draft because of that acquisition. And you've done everything to acquire a quarterback over the past couple of years since you guys have been in control of this operation and now a top five quarterback that is 26 years old, former MVP, never played with offensive weapons of this nature. You bring in this high power offensive coordinator and you don't even want to have a conversation. I'm not even saying go and acquire him, but there was a certain way to answer this question. Uh, Chris Ballard from the Colts, he said, whenever there's an elite talent available, you have to do your research on them. And with Mark Mayhew, he said, I don't understand the connection between the commanders and, and, and Lamar Jackson. Idiot, you don't have a quarterback. That, that's why the connection is there. And national pundits and your fan base and your own locker room, they see that you're that close to being a competitive team. You just lack a quarterback. You don't have time to play around. Like every year that you waste on – this so-called development of a quarterback, your 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 marquee players are the the people that you're trying to build around. You're paying these contracts who are getting older, and I honestly feel like Jacoby Brissett. If this is going to be a competition, is going to beat out Sam Howell. So then what? <laughs> because obviously they feel some type of way. They they either sold Jacoby Brissett on the idea of a quarterback competition or something because there was no reason to bring him up in this conversation, but we know how they do. They, they like to make sure they don't hurt nobody's feelings in the process. Same way they cobbled Carson Wentz last year. 
oh, you know, we heard amazing things from people on Twitter about him that were his teammates and so on. Like, oh, we're going to bring him back into the fold once he returns from this injury. Like, he's not that type of guy. And then during the season, what Ron Rivera says, you need a quarterback. I did the research. I did the analytics. <laughs> I did this. I did that. Okay, bet. Now it's on your ass. If, if they start off slow, they don't win no games, you're going to be out of here. Mar Mayhew, if there's a new owner in town uh, after the draft, you're none out of here as well. Yeah, none of them, none of them stand a chance. So it's like, wouldn't you want to save your job? And if you want to save your job and you're saying that money don't matter for this offseason program, go ahead and acquire that quarterback. Like, Martin Mayhew, you proven exactly why you did not get another GM job after the Detroit Lions experience. Damn, AJ, take it easy, bro. <laughs> take it easy, bro. AJ is nah, man. I'm, 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 t- I'm tired. Of, I'm tired <laughs> of folks like just lying to these fans, man. Like, like Washington has never had a franchise quarterback for real. I guess the closest you could say is Joe Theismann, but I mean, across the league. NFL history, like, he probably don't even make top 30 quarterbacks in NFL history. And, like, to keep playing around with this position when you have the resources to get it done, even with piss-poor head coaching, uh, even with a piss-poor OC before you brought in Eric Bieniemy, it is flagrant to me. And to downplay the opportunity that's there to even have a conversation with Lamar Jackson, it tells me you're not serious as an organization as anything, because anyone that knows football knows that I need a guy like that on my team, and you playing around at this point. Monte, where you at with it? Man, first and foremost, I I think Martin Mayhew, and, and, in regard to his comments, I think that whole, like, staff, I think they say too much sometimes. I think that's one of those situations you got to handle that better and not show your hand. Um even if it pertains to like, because you never know how that may affect things or shake things up, even with the draft. they You could have said, yeah, all options are open pertaining to quarterbacks. You know, we we still looking for our guy, hopefully it's Sam, blah, blah, blah. But I just think they showed their hand far too much, even with like the Trent Williams situation and stuff like like Don't indicate like I'm not bringing guys back. With Chase Young, they did the same thing. Oh, we're not going to pay his option. Like, stop showing your hand. You know what I mean? It's a competitive disadvantage. And going to to my next point, I got to preface this first. I am hopeful for Sam Howell as well. But Dre mentioned that, you know, he doesn't know how they feel about Sam. I think they showed you how they feel about Sam. And part of it is what AJ said last season, the QB play was so bad. We were one and five at one point. You never heard Sam Howell's name mentioned. And then not playing them until the very end of the season. And then you, like you said, the, the backup quarterback had to beg you to put him in the game. And then going into this offseason, you bring in Jacoby Brissett. And we all know what Brissett is. He's a bridge guy. You know what I mean? He's a guy that could legitimately push him and or take his spot. That wasn't – they paid that man $10 million. That wasn't a signing like, okay, you know what, Sam Howell is out. No, they're letting you know right now we don't have 100% faith in Sam Howell. They're letting you know. And I think that is my biggest issue with the organization right now. And everybody's talking about, you know, roll with Sam, roll with Sam, roll with Sam. Well, if they're unsure about Sam, you expect me to be sure about Sam? I'm not sure about Sam. And you can't go into a season 
where there are quarterbacks on the market like a Lamar. And I'm, I know Lamar's not coming here. Let's just let's put that on the table, too. I'm no fool. Lamar Jackson's not coming here. Baltimore wouldn't trade him here. He's just not coming. But you should be also considering quarterback first round. Like, if you're not, especially if you're not sure in this guy, why are you going to roll into the season on hope? Like, and I feel like we do that with a lot of the roster building in general. That's an entirely different conversation. But as everyone mentioned, this team, and believe it or not, we we carry mediocre quarterback play for the last couple of years to the playoffs and on the brink of the playoffs. If you get that position solidified, one of the things I get sick of, like, seeing whether I'm scrolling or just talking, you know, I talk to my dad a lot about the team. Everybody tries to fill every single hole on the team. Like, the biggest hole is QB. If you fill that need, you may be able to match some of the other deficiencies on the team. So, like the O-line, yeah, we need O-line, but I think we can get back if we had a great quarterback. The corners, okay, I would love to get another corner, but if I had to roll out Fuller and St. Juice and Wild Goose for another year, you look at some of the best teams in the NFL, the 49ers, we don't know who their cornerbacks are. They're not elite. The Chiefs' cornerbacks are not elite. You don't have to fill those holes like, right, this was a top-five defense. Stop worrying about filling all the holes in the team and go get you a QB because you are. You're wasting the talent. This team is ready to win now, and you don't have a quarterback to win now. So we rolling with Sam Howell and Brissett. AJ said something on Twitter, and you hear this all the time. If you got two B, two QBs, you don't have none. That's just, that's just the name of the game, and we're going into another season with two quarterbacks. So – I I already know what type of time we on. That's this is what it is. Here we all lo- losing time. <laughs> That's it. Here is um Martin. It's like forty seconds. Here's what he had to say about the 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 defensive lineman thing and 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 so on and so forth. Let me go ahead and share on audio. All right. Okay. And, um, you know, we probably end up making serious contract offers, having serious discussions with somewhere between 10 and 20 of those guys each year. So there are a ton of talented players that um, that could help us that we don't end up talking to for various reasons. And Lamar falls into that category. Why, why, why does Lamar fall into that category, knowing the caliber of player he is? Yeah. Well, there, there are a ton of quality players. I mean, Javon... Hargrave is the next really, you know, really good defensive tackle. We're not talking to him, you know. So there, there are a number of reasons why we don't. I won't get into specifics about him. I don't want to sound critical of anyone. Um, he's an, he's a very talented guy. So that was his comments. Um, he compared, like you said, he compared the the situation with quarterback to Javon Hargrave and uh, the the defensive tackle for the Eagles. Um, and like, I guess my last closing thoughts on this is, is similar to, to what you all said, but just that hearing the comparison and it's hearing the comparison in itself. Um, I don't, I still don't understand the intent, uh, but behind defensive linemen to, to quarterback, somebody suggested that he was trying to say that they're set at defensive tackle. So why go after Hargrave? But it's like, why still make that comparison? You, you know, you're not set at quarterback. Um, and even if you tried to believe that you're set at quarterback, do you do you expect any of us to believe that you really think that? Um, and then another way that you could be interpreting how he's saying that is that like if you're if you're going to go out your way to to kind of say like we have elite players that we look at, um, but we just don't discuss it. I just think that that's also a, another form of like 
just mismanagement. I'm not an expert in this stuff. Um, in this public speaking thing, I, I don't know like the the true laws of like how to do this stuff. But at the end of the day, like if you're if you're telling me and you know that you have a a person like at the end of the day, no matter how much you want to break down it, like somebody mentioned the development part, no matter how much you want to try to break down how much time you've seen in Sam, um, like you can't compare that. Like this is not a compare a, a fair uh evaluation of them like this is not someone who you viewed as Patrick Mahomes right like like Patrick Mahomes at the Kansas City Chiefs like his his rookie year he got the last game of the season to play but at the same time like everybody on that team knew who he was but he also came in as the first round pick he also came in as a person who Andy Reid truly invested in like he didn't hide from him Alex Smith was just there and he was a person who they 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 said that he was going to do his thing this year and we'll figure out the rest later. Like Patrick Mahomes sold him in that week 17 game. Um, Sam Howe didn't have a bad game against the Dallas Cowboys. But like saying that he'd be the playoff caliber team, I think that's fair. Um, but I think there's a, like a, a degree of difficulty here. Like it wasn't like there wasn't much at stake for him in a sense um, or even for the team in a sense. That doesn't mean that they would have quit on them, but I just think that there was like different variant variances uh, from from like somebody playing their last the last game of the season and saying we we had so much time to evaluate them. Like I, I just think that's a little bit different, especially when you wanted to start Taylor Heineke, as you all mentioned. Like I just think that all of that evaluation stuff is kind of thrown out the window when your initial plan wasn't even a plan. Um, so that's kind of the last things I have on on Mayhew and the quarterback situation. I don't care about what you got to say about Javon Hargrave. The quarterback position is not set. Um, right. And you really got it. You really just got to know a little bit better. I, I don't trust how you how you said that. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, with it the quarterback don't make sense, bro. And, and and the weird the weird part is this people that cover this team for a living that's sitting in front of this man and have limited opportunities to do so, and nobody challenged him. Nobody said, "What are you talking about? Why would you be talking to Javon Hargrave? He wants top dollar." You just paid Deron Payne. You paid Jonathan Allen a couple a year and a half ago. You took a D tackle second round. You got Ridgeway. How how do the two compare? They ain't like comfortable up there though. He, apples yeah. to oranges. <laughs> it's like it's like bro. Like nobody gonna ask you. Hey, what are you talking about? Like, and, and that's why I hate sometimes that there's such a lack of minorities with opportunities to get in front of these these people man like of course we have aspiring journalists and things of that nature but there's not a lot of them that get credential for like nfl ownership meetings and stuff mm -hmm. because there's no way he would have asked that question in front of dre you Montel, maul or me and we wouldn't have been like how are you even comparing the two like it just doesn't make sense yeah. <laughs> You gotta watch what you say these days, apparently. <laughs> but see, yeah. and that's the, the politician like answer again. I mean, it was one of those things where you didn't get a true feel for what they really doing, you know. Because I find it hard to believe that you know you don't have a quarterback yet, you're not exploring that option. Like I can sit up here as a fan, like we've had these conversations over the past couple of shows about whether we go after Lamar Jackson. I'm on record as saying that I'm okay with this. You know, this particular regime standing pat, not really, you know, fucking up the future for the next person after you. But 
as a general manager, you know, you feel like you have to explore all those options. And Martin Mayhew just flat out told everyone up there, we're not exploring that option. We haven't even, you know, talked about that option. Now, I don't know if I believe that necessarily. That's why I said I don't know if you're getting a true feel of what they want or what, they, what they're actually doing because they're not giving us nothing. You know, they just give it us these little broad answers and these little, you know, cliches and all of that. You know, like, he, like you said, he's talking about defensive tackles. That's apples to oranges in the quarterback conversation. Like, if you're not having a conversation about Lamar Jackson amongst each other, then what are you doing? And, and that's what I said. Like, and they, they have this approach towards roster building where it's almost like they're scared to really attack the roster building. And that, that's what I hate about it. It's almost as if they're reactive to everything. They sit back and they watch everyone else and they say, oh, well, we'll just wait till everything play out. That's what it feels like watching them build a roster. And it's, not necessarily the worst thing, because I think at worst, you're probably going to get a decent roster, you know, the deaf guys. And we're probably going to get a, um, a little bit more into that later because AJ sent us a couple of bullet points on deaf and OL. But I mean, you're building a roster full of these type of deaf signings and, you know, just solid players, you know, not necessarily impactful players. And that makes me think. And I've always said this. They are the best thing that this regime is going to do is set it up better for the next person that comes in after them. Like if you get someone that has a forward thinking vision, they're going to already have these Ron little, you know, character and deaf guys. Now go out and get us some football players because this regime, this regime seems like they're just too lackadaisical and going out and adding impact football players. And that's what bothers me and watching them, you know, and listening to them talk, because I just don't feel like there's a sense of urgency to go out there and get a bunch of dogs and just really turn this thing around. And it just kind of makes you go back to Ron and his initial presser. This takes five years and it really feels like that's what he's doing. He's taking five years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think it is, worth noting for all of us uh that's and everybody that's listening and watching um yes we are aware of the money situation uh i i think at the very least everybody just can agree that um have the conversation <laughs> or 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 inquire that's it like explore figure out what it take explore the option figure out what it take um and, and keep it pushing bro if it, if it doesn't make sense at all uh based on what they want based on what lamar wants all that stuff man um, okay, so he has hey, some more I, comments. Can I throw one quick analogy? Go ahead. They they remind me of like you ever you ever been out to the club with your homeboys? They see this badass chick, and they're like, "Damn, bro, she's so bad." They don't say nothing to her the whole night. They wait to get home and tweet about it. I don't know. Man. I mean, I know I've seen it on Twitter, but I don't. I don't. Thankfully, I don't know. I mean, I don't have no homeboys yeah. that really do that. I know. I know. I've yeah. He'd be like, damn, bro, she was so bad. Ain't talking to her. She was right there. Time. She was right in your face. That's that's exactly what they doing. Next time I see her, I get her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> somebody, somebody got her Instagram, her Twitter. Find her. Do your thing, Twitter. <laughs> um, all right, Mayhew, offensive line. Uh, he said he feels good about the starting offensive line, but acknowledges that our depth is not great. So work remains um so if we try to first of all i don't even think he has i don't even know if we have anything going at left guard just yet unless they unless i don't even know if that means chris paul is inserted i don't know what they're i don't know what the plan is there at left guard but sounds like nick gates center uh right guard um 
Cosme, excuse me, and then right tackle is Wiley with left tackle being Leno. Um, I mean, okay, I, I'm still not opposed to uh, Washington going offensive line interior at this point. I mean, actually, I, it don't even matter. Um, guard or tackle, I'm not opposed to them going first round at that position still. Um, you can still look to upgrade there, and we're going to have a conversation about some other positions in the same spot. Um, but, yeah, I'm not – I'm not opposing them upgrading offensive line early in the in the first or second round. So, um, but yeah, thoughts on 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 Mayhew? Are 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 we are we on the same page with the depth issue, or is this like a, a starting offensive line issue as well with question marks? I don't really have. I don't. I, I'm gonna leave it there. I think this will more so tie into like what I have to say will tie in because I know you mentioned like taking like certain positions in the first round. So I don't really want to touch on the O-line too much. I mean, we all know they need to be upgraded. At least I yeah. do. I would I like you said, I'm not opposed to taking a line in the first round, but you know, just a little caveat, that wouldn't be my first decision. Now okay. it's it's funny because like I said, AJ sent us this text. He sent us a screenshot of Martin's comments earlier. And I'm looking at it saying he's saying we need more death pieces. And I felt like all of the OL we signed were death pieces. <laughs> like, I, you know, not one of those guys stood out to me as some legit bona fide starter, even though that's what's going to happen. They are going to start a couple of these guys. But I don't know if, you know, you feel necessarily like, oh, man, we got a really great offensive line now because we signed Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates, you know. <laughs> so it's like to me, those are guys I would consider as death. But obviously here they're going to end up having to start. I mean, you know, for reasons whether they like it or not. So, uh, hey, offensive line is not off the table at all for me in the draft because you still have to strengthen that position. You still got to get a dude. You got to get a bona fide starter. I mean, right now, when you look at the offensive line, who is the bona fide stud on the offensive line right now? We don't have an anchor. We have no one there that you can sit up there. I don't think we have an 85 rated overall guy on the offensive line on that. <laughs> I mean, none of those guys probably are rated over 85, you know? <laughs> like, so – what you still need somebody you need, like you need an anchor basically you know you need a leader amongst that group and you know i know they want to chase rule to be that guy and that's a guy we haven't mentioned like what's the plan with him mm-hmm. I mean, because if you got nick gates starting at center i mean chase rule i know he can't you know stay healthy he hasn't stayed healthy the last two seasons but you did sign him to a contract extension a couple of years ago so are you going to release him is he going to compete elsewhere on the offensive line so you still got that question mark there but again hey I'm rolling with, you know, if if he if it's a stud there, you know, at, at 16 or wherever you're picking, I would draft the guy because, like I said, you still need a leader on that group. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about as well because everybody that they've signed has been a death piece. They bring versatility. Either they could play right guard, right tackle, center, left guard, right guard. Like, everybody you brought in has been a death piece, like, Nobody is really anyone noteworthy. It's not like you went and got a Jawan Taylor, Orlando Brown, uh, or that you you got a Ben Powers or somebody of that nature. You got you got Jags essentially. Like you know, if it wasn't for Andrew Wiley knowing Airbnb enemy system, like nobody'd be writing home about that. Even even in his tenureship with the Chiefs, he wasn't the greatest either. So. Now, if you look at it in the draft, I don't know if they're trying to sell us on the idea that they might be in play for a tackle because there's no guard that you're going to take at 16. If you take a guard at 16, I slap the shit out of somebody that day. 
<laughs> those are, those are AJ's office. words. Uh, everybody that's listening. <laughs> yeah, they say they do it. But I mean, it's like no, if I you like take Osiris. a <laughs> but if you take a tack, if you take a, a tackle at at sixteen or in the first round in general, when are they gonna play? Because you've paid this man Wally to be your right tackle. But you probably kick him inside though, right? But then what you gonna do with Cosme? So it's like none of none of this makes sense. That's uh, what's his name? Has um, Wally has he played left guard at all, or he's only been on the right side? I don't know about him at left guard. Yeah, I Um, I know about him at right guard and and right tackle. But Nick Gates has played left guard and center, and he didn't got his ass drum uh, beat like a drum at left guard. Uh, The only person we know for certain left guard one time. That's twenty nineteen. After that, it's all right side. We know uh, Charles Leno is that left tackle, so it's like you can't even really sell me on the idea that you're taking the offensive lineman at 16, or even if you trade back, it just doesn't make sense. They're not going to be able to contribute based on how you how you paid uh, Andrew Wiley. Um, so it, it's it's a bit confusing in what you've done with your second round pick the year, well, two years ago with Cosme, and now you're pushing him the right guard. He's not going to be at right tackle. That's already kind of been cemented since you signed Wiley. So it's just it's just a bit confusing overall what their intentions are uh, with building out this O-line. I think they showed us that they just end up getting jacks, like how they've treated every other position <laughs> on this team aside from those that have already been on the roster from the Paynes, the Allens. But even look at the linebacker position. They just keep going and trying to get guys and hoping that it works out instead of getting guys that are available and have shown upside. They just they just continue to just get jacks. Hulk, appreciate you checking in, play. I hope all is well with you. Um yeah, I, I don't have I, I think I'm about to just try to find like some a, a, a reoccurring thing to say. Um because I don't know like a, a copy and paste thing because this is offensive line. It's, it's several other positions where it's like, I can't make too big a deal out of it. Now I'm, I'm cool with Wiley from what I hear. I, I want to watch him. Like I got a couple other people that I want to watch, but I'm saying, I say I cool. I'm say I cool with Wiley, uh, Wiley in the sense of um, like, if you're looking for a one year stop gap, cool, understandable one year makes a lot of sense with a lot of moves that they're making given their situation. Um, I'm not going to complain too much about, these things um i just will say one thing with some of the decisions that they're making in a sense that like you are trotting out jacob Brissett or sam howe um sam howe has not seen this offensive line uh protect him for 16 games 15 plus pass 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 reps per game he hasn't seen that yet um and, and while he has like the the mobility to kind of you know, save himself. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that the offensive line is going to be bad again this year for those. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying, if it is bad, um, the only people that got to blame by the situation is the people who signed the people to compete and play here in Washington. Um, and if you don't continue looking for better um, in the draft, which I, I think that they, they should continue to do so doesn't. And, and at this, and at that point, I'm not even talking about just first round, like just try and find your guys. Uh, then, then I, I just don't know what else to say. Like you say that you're starting, like you put, you put yourself in these binds, binds by saying things like my, my starting offensive line is I'm, I feel good about them. 
Because what happens if they suck? Uh, last year, you 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 had you had some other things that's not on the tip of my head right now, but you said a lot of things in the past. Oh, I'm sorry, the biggest one. Uh, we're ready to take the leap this year. Like you said that publicly. That that shit didn't work out. Like you say a lot of things. Just be careful, man. You you put yourself in the bind. And, and Mayhew, this is his first time, I think, uh, where he said something as definitive as that. Um, saying that we're set with offensive line, but just don't don't back yourself into that corner, man. Um, last thing for, and we can actually transition this part into the whole AG tight end, all that other stuff. Um, he spoke on where is it at? Chase Young in the extension, I believe. Is this it? Yep, on the fifth year option. Uh, quote unquote, we're still talking about that. We have a number of things to work through. We're getting through that first part of the eight of the agency. I guess free agency right now. We're still in the draft preparations. We have until May to make that decision. We will make the appropriate decision at that right time. Um, okay, so that's on Chase Young, right? So there's also a conversation going on. Um, we've I, I think I brought it up at one point, maybe a couple of weeks ago, about even considering to to trade somebody on that defensive line. Uh and and I specifically talked about possibly floating Montez Sweat out there. But I made you that doesn't sound too in that quote doesn't sound too uh, uh, supportive of the fifth year option for Chase Young. Not saying that he's not going to extend extend it, but they don't sound committal on either side. He, he sounds a little bit unsure about what their decision may be. Um, I'm all for giving him that fifth year option. Uh, and, and it's kind of weird because if you think about it in this perspective, their fifth year, their 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 rookies, their first round picks that they had over the past few years, excluding Dwayne Haskins, who was cut. They've extended all of their fifth year options. So you're telling me you're not going to extend Chase Young, uh, your, your number two overall pick, your first pick that you selected when you came aboard in 2020. Um, that's another thing. Like you, that is that is asinine to 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 think about. Like I, in, in that context like you've extended everybody so why not chase young what don't we know that you think that you know about uh not giving chase young that fifth year to kind of bounce back from two injury riddled seasons one one mainly specifically being a rehab season um but why not give him that opportunity and why not give him that fifth year to say that we believe in you it's time for you to come through uh because we know the work that you put in we're giving you that time here's you know xyz like let let him get that that same uh growth that Dwayne uh, excuse me Deron Payne had when he found his pass rush moves and 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 was able to get home at the quarterback like complete his rush pass and all those things like allow him to get that time and I think that Chase Young is in a situation where um a lot of people uh, have question marks about him but I think the the main people that should show <clears throat> their support and their faith in Chase Young are the people who drafted him. Hundred percent, man. I don't think that they've been fair to Chase Young publicly. Um, I don't think a lot of the fans have been fair to Chase Young. If we're being hundred percent honest, um, man, what Chase showed us in that rookie year was that he can be dominant. That he can take over a game. He won us a game, like literally. We have not had a person do that here for us defensively since like D. Hall or Sean Taylor, like. He's that type of talent. So for you to not even explore that fifth-year option, you're crazy. Because, like I said, he, he got injured nine games into the season of his second year. Do you know how many defensive ends get hot at the end of a year? Like, he still has six, seven games left to play. 
You know, imagine if he goes on a tear. We were just on the brink of making the playoffs that year. Imagine if he goes off and rips off 10 sacks in the last six games and we barely make the playoffs or something like that. We didn't get the opportunity to see. Maybe he finishes like garbage, but we just don't know. And then he comes back this year. He plays in three games. But like you mentioned, it was really just a rehab type of season. So for you to give up on that type of talent that showed that type of flash that early in his career where he knew nothing, he's freakish. Let's not give up on him right now for you to just go ahead and, and again, to say publicly, you know, I think Ron said it publicly that he wasn't going to explore the fifth-year option, but. Oh, no, they ain't make that middle yet. I thought thought Ron had said something similar to that recently. I think it was similar to what Mayu said, like literally in the sense of like they're they're exploring options, but I I don't think because it would that would be that would be headlines. That would be headlines. I'm telling you, I think he said something to that extent, but if he didn't. I if he you. did, yeah, if he didn't, you know, my apologies, but at the end of the day, like, you would be crazy not to explore that. Like, what are we even talking about? That's a no-brainer, in my opinion, just to be fair to him. And again, if it doesn't work out, you part ways after the fifth year, you got a first round, and you get what you can out of him. But I think that's just insane not to explore. Man, Mayhew and Ron Rivera won't even be here to make that decision. So undecided even... uh, was the last post on Rivera. That's ridiculous. Okay, undecided. But hold on, AJ, that's they Jamal, they gotta make that decision in May, right? Yeah, May 1st. I got yeah, I mean, May yeah, 1st. as far as far as the option, but overall, like they not gonna de- determine his final contract. So I don't even I don't even pay it too much attention. Like and, and I still think that I still think that uh whoever becomes the ownership uh group that wins is gonna take they're going to make their impression felt immediately and they're going to get rid of Martin Mayhew. It's no longer going to be the Ron Rivera show as far as, as far as these decisions. So I'm not even tripping about that. Like, I I just think that they feel that they are outsmarting us or the fans or people in general by trying to make guys play out these contracts. Like, (laughs) like they, they feel like they're the reason why Deron Payne, you know, played so great because they didn't they didn't offer him an extension in advance like they waited last minute but you literally played yourself because you had to pay even more yeah, so yeah. i mean it's like no foresight i i keep saying this on on these episodes that we do uh during the season off season this front office lacks foresight they lack the ability to see what's coming next or what moves to make later on they they literally have to see it unfold in front of them in order to make these adjustments like they they don't do nothing on the fly like just even take the Carson Wentz situation the dude was going to be released and instead you traded for him everybody and their mama knew he was getting released after that Jacksonville game and you said all right cool we'll give you a second round pick conditionally and a third and we'll pick up his contract no problem cool we love it we got a quarterback I bet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say no more, bro. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, let's get into uh, uh, Cam Curl and Antonio Gibson. Uh, let's do let's do one quick topic on Cam. How do you, AJ? Matter of fact, I want to give you the floor on this. Um, and if and if anybody else got comments oh, on it, we God. can. Yeah, look, I'm gonna just say this. I'm a, I'm gonna be as vague as possible, bro. How would you advise a player who has a family member or a parent 
um, who are they're very vocal about their child's contract, upcoming contract uh, on social media. Mm. Uh, how would you advise that player who is a client of yours to go about that family member? Or if if there's anything to do, I'm not saying that there has to be something done. I'm just trying to get a, a perspective from a person who uh who who does who lives in this world. So what what do you have to say about like kind of how you uh, we've seen online um, Cam Curl's dad uh, uh, making things public about what he wants to see in terms of contract negotiations and contract offers for his son. I mean, I would tell his dad straight up to shut the hell up, like. At the end of the day, because what, what's going on is whoever represents Cam Curl, I have no clue, but they're obviously scared to lose that client because, I mean, his pops is having these conversations every two weeks. <laughs> like he's putting out numbers, he's getting space, he's joining in spaces, he's creating spaces. Like he loves either the attention or something, but it's like, you can't you can't be out here as my father putting out information in regards to what I possibly should garner or want because at the end of the day that's what people are gonna believe you know your father is is speaking for you like even though you got an agent or whatever but it's like fans are gonna be like well his daddy said his daddy said that he was 16 million a year like People gonna believe those are the private conversations that y'all have had, and you're just putting it out there, and he ain't suffering the repercussions. And then you got Cam Crow coming out talking about man, y'all stay out of my pockets. Well, it's your damn daddy that keep putting people in your pockets. <laughs> so damn daddy, yeah. <laughs> daddy I mean, cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like that's the thing about like this industry, bro. Like some people will coddle guys, some people tell the truth something is not clicking over there in regards to telling pops to chill. Like, you know, he'll get paid, you feel me? And you'll reap the benefits of such. But, like, to keep bringing these topics up, like, I see people talk about, matter of fact, there was a poll yesterday by this one guy, uh, Caleb, who's uh, very uh, active in the in the commander spaces and just in general on Twitter, and was like, who would you pay first, Curl or Young? And I'm like, bro, that's not even a question. Like, people act like Cam Curl is Derwin James, Buda Baker, um, even Jamal Adams. He may not even produce interceptions like that, but this we're not talking about an impactful player here to where there's any rush to, to resign. I disagree with that. As far as impactful? Cam Curl's impactful, bro. When he doesn't bro, play, this defense does not look you good. And, you and him Don't have get him the started, same, Martel. He can't you and stand him have Cam the Curl. same amount of <laughs> interceptions and forced fumbles. Bro, he's a playmaker, bro. And, I, and I'm not saying he gets a, a, a large amount of turnovers, but he's where he's supposed to be. He gets teams off the field. He's strapping up tight ends, bro. Like, he can go play slot. He's versatile. He does what a lot of other teams had zero. Do. He has zero pass deflections for the season. Who All right, hold on. Let's kind of let's kind of let's kind of make sure that <laughs> a, a, at least Montel knows where AJ is coming from. AJ is saying, um, because he's speaking. I know AJ is speaking more so from a financial standpoint too. Like AJ would be cool with giving Cam an extension, but AJ's problem is the fact that he doesn't make enough plays to warrant any type of significant money. 
uh, that 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 suggests that he's like the playmaker at safety. Um, like he doesn't have the turnovers, he doesn't have the interceptions, he doesn't have the passes defense. And I think for for the sake of this conversation, y'all can continue. But I'm saying for the sake of this conversation, at least we know that that's where AJ draws the line. It's like he's not oh, yeah. that type I, of playmaker. I, I thought Montel had been tapped in, but it's like for me, the his pops has been online saying, "Hey, I think my son should get 16 million a year." And I'm like, what, where, when, how, why? For me, if you want to re-sign a Cam Curl, I'm not paying him more than five million a year because of those things. Like, at the end of the day, he makes tackles, whatever, cool. But you telling me I can't replace this guy? Like, I can't go get a Cam Curl in free agency or in the draft? I don't believe so. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. But what does he do? He just tackles. Bro, but that's that he he brings value to your defense. It's not just that he tackles, bro. He make Derek Forrest better. He allowed Derek Forrest to do what he's good at. Like when you have a guy like that who's just like, do you watch film on Cam Curl, bro? Like he is a very now he's not getting interceptions. I'll give you that at the at the magnitude that we would like him to, or at the magnitude that will warrant him sixteen mil. I'm not ain't even a magnitude, Montel. It's zip zero, zero interceptions. So zero I am, I am, I'm, zero I'm, fumble recovery, zero pass deflections in a entire season. And but AJ, round, he's had around the ball in this box. But, but look, so AJ, you just kind of limiting him to just this past that's season. I mean, saying. we've seen Cam Curl make these kind of plays in his career. <clears throat> now, granted, it's not like a consistent thing where he's just known around the league as this ball hawker. I mean, that's not him. But I think he's a very heady player. I think he's smart. Very he knows his. Uh, he knows where he's supposed to be on the field. And I also think he's a good leader yeah. in the secondary. So that's some of the things they like. But I just think you're kind of diminishing him to say that he doesn't do this at all because he didn't do it this year. I mean, he did battle some injuries, and we would like to see more of that. But he has flashed these things before. Absolutely, bro. That's all I'm getting at. I don't, I, so, I, okay, so Montel, what, what would you what would you pay him if if probably if, like 12. if you want to resign him? You said no, that's Montel's right. The market, like if you if you look at the guys in around uh Cam Curl or what you would consider his ranking in the strong safety, it's around that 12 million dollar range. I agree. I wouldn't pay him the 16, but he is worth in that 11 to 12 mil range. Not he, five mil, AJ. That's bad. Not five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of like an old school like Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew didn't get a bunch of turnovers, bro, but he was everywhere on the field. And you have to you have to adjust to a chess piece like that, bro. I'm telling you, as a safety, to be everywhere on the field, Cam Curl, play linebacker, slot, he'll play outside, he'll check your back, he'll shut down your tight end, bro. He's making tackles in the backfield. He's deflecting passes. Like, I know he don't got the high volume amount of interceptions, bro, but he is a chess piece on that field. And if you don't account for him, you're going to pay. And like I said, he makes other guys better, bro. Default. He had the year he had once Cam Curl came back, bro. That's no, that's no cap. So, so lights out this year. So, did you see what uh, CJ uh, Gardner Johnson got? What he get? I didn't see that from Detroit. I mean, he signed with Detroit. He got six point five. CJ's not Cam. Yeah, CJ's better than Cam. No, because, he is not. Because, bro. because he can play in no, the box he's and not, also, bro. also nickel corner. No, he's not, bro. I think okay. CJ was in an amazing so, system this year on an amazing team with a D line that was crazy. That he team had at, no he was home. good in New Orleans, though, too. He was good in yeah. New Orleans. 
but he wasn't Cam Curl, in my opinion. Tyron Matthew gets gets 9 million right now. Micah Hyde gets 9.6. Is he better? Justin is he better Reed than points, them two? Just, Justin like Reed gets ten point five. Yeah, I'm about to say, you know, them two, who's very you know, Tyrone, you know, Michael, isn't that bro. yesterday's price though? That's not today's price. The price of the brick went up. Basically. Nah, the price, the price at safety has actually went down. <laughs> for a guy that ain't making plays, for a guy that ain't making plays, it's went down. You, you see, CJ couldn't stay in Philly no more. He had to go to Detroit. Don't nobody want to go to the oh, D. Man. He had to go Detroit because the nah, market. Dan Campbell changing things up around there. You, the mar- you know, the Detroit market, on the come up. When did Michael get the, paid? You said who? He just got when re-signed. did Michael Hyde get paid this year? Yeah, he just got resigned. Yeah. He took a he took a deal. He oh, took a deal, but it's like, but it's like at the end of the day, if you're not making, you know, if you go into contract negotiations, you this type of safety, if you're not making those impactful plays, you're not gonna get paid. Not like 16. that. That that's just what it is. Like you not maybe not twelve, bro. Like you probably from, looking from at like ten up? from the south. Probably looking it? at ten or nine. Like that's he, probably the number you have. He bro. looking at he looking at approval at best. Yeah, so he gonna have to maybe. ball out, and I I would literally let him play out his contract. Well, and if he Washington out, can't okay, give cool. him a prove a deal though, AJ. Washington like someone else can. Washington can't give him a prove a deal. Well, okay, a prove it year. Let me say, let me say yeah. that this would be but his prove it year. can't do that though. If you, he's had a prove it year. Yeah, career. I agree with AJ. Hey, this, this it, is the this is the prove it year. Hey, this is the prove it year. You don't you don't ball out. Hey, peace. If unless they find a way to give him an extension, that he happy with like seventh round pick or seventh round pick, you can you can give him a little four or five milli deal, and, and he may be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm not he, about he to pay you okay. no twelve mil. Like you're gonna be. I already telling you that I would cut you the next year. Well, he like they just to his dad. They they, they got rid of Bobby McCain. Yeah, his dad <laughs> think he should get sixteen. Yeah. Montel said twelve, and his pops like, nah, my son sixteen, eighteen. <laughs> what? Hey, your man mm-hmm. today. What are you <laughs> talking about? Oh man! Hey, let's go ahead and, and close this with uh, tight end running back upgrades. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this one. Um, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, Gibson is part of the extension conversation as well. Um, so I, I had this thought in my head over the weekend, just un, like wondering, like, I, I wonder if Eric B enemy is going to look into the draft or, and, and I kind of said free agency as well, but I, I more so meant the draft. Um, I wonder if he's going to look for his own starting caliber players at running back and tight end. And, um, my theory behind this was that, you know, Gibson expiring contract year four, He's missed. He's had like six notable injuries over the course of his three-year period as a starting running back for Washington. Um, and Brian Robinson is one player, but uh, while they're a good duo, I, I like the fact that they're a good duo. Um, Gibson could be better. We've noted that throughout the season. Um, Gibson could be better. Uh, but if you can look for your own starting caliber guy, somebody who can ultimately, like trait-wise, you know that he's going to be a starter. Like the, the first person for everybody nowadays that you think about, if you if you think about it, uh, you think about a Tony Pollard who you knew had starting potential. He was that explosive person who could eventually at one point be a three down back. Um, and I, it seems as if they're going to the Cowboys are going to give him this opportunity. But but in that sense, like a trait wise, you can have a, a person that you draft um, and you're like, OK, eventually we're going to make sure that this guy gets the bump now, like competition wise. But he may not start right away, but he's going to be on Robinson's and Gibson's edge uh, moving forward to get some of these touches 
uh, and that's the type of competitor that we wanted that position. Uh, same thing for tight end uh, with a different situation in that none of those guys outside of Logan Thomas had that much experience. John Bates, he's been on the field for three years, but he's not necessarily a person who's took so many starting reps, but he also doesn't, he doesn't have like the major receiver skills that you would want out of a number one tight end um, nowadays. So uh, I, I see the possibility for both upgrade or, or, or uh, yeah, upgrades, I guess, or possible upgrades at tight end and running back um, for, for, for both those guys under Eric B enemy. Uh, what say you are? Well, so the running back position is funny because I actually had a conversation with a guy at work today. Um, we always talk about the commanders, but he was starting to, he, he made me think about something It's something that we've as a fan base kind of talked about in the last couple of years was Antonio Gibson's role in the offense. And it made me think about Eric Bieniemy obviously being a new entity here as the offensive coordinator. What is Eric Bieniemy's plan for Antonio Gibson? I mean, even if you you know talk about upgrading, you know, or drafting a guy, like, will he give Antonio Gibson more of that kind of receiving role, that Debo Samuel role that fans have been kind of been talking about for three years. years, bro? Yeah, we've been and we we but. You know, we believe that Scott Turner, you know, held this offense back. This may be one of those things that Scott Turner just wasn't incorporating more, you know, was using Antonio Gibson as more of a threat. So what if Eric Bieniemy kind of has that plan for Antonio Gibson more so this year? And if he does have that plan this year, then maybe you do need to go, you know, try to upgrade their running back room and, you know, get a guy like AJ's guy. And this is my guy, too. I liked him for a long time. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Like, I mean, that's a guy I would look at in the second round. You know, that's that's the type of guy I would add on this roster, you know, if I want to upgrade that room. However, tight ends definitely a position I'm looking to upgrade even more so to running back. I mean, I definitely would love a Jameer Gibbs here, but tight end, we have to upgrade it because Logan Thomas, I mean, he just didn't look like he he, he had it anymore last year. He kind of he looked he looked like an old guy at tight end position last year. I mean, obviously he came off the devastating injury the year before, but we don't know if he can get back to the form he played before the injury. And you can't take that risk. You just have to be more proactive with that. John Bates has never shown anything more to me than the tight end, too. I mean, I know he's only been in the league for two years, but he's not a guy I'm, you know, running into the season I'm starting. And then the rest of those guys are projects. I mean, you know, the Armani Rogers, you know. Uh, those type of guys. I mean, those are project guys. You don't know if they could start in this league. Um, I don't know where I'm looking to upgrade. I mean, I'll probably look somewhere in the first three rounds. I know the um, the kid out of Oregon State gets a lot of love because they say he could kind of run like a wide receiver, but I don't know if Washington's looking at him in the first round, but I'm still looking to upgrade that tight end room at some point, you know, this offseason, because again, I'm just not comfortable with Logan Thomas going into the season as a starter because he just didn't look like it last year. And again, the other guys just don't look like they are anything more than backup or death guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think uh, when it comes to tight ends, man, at this point, I would just rock with what I got. Um, as I told you guys, I, I knew that Darren Waller was going to be available uh, for trade. Washington, unfortunately, did not make uh, a move to acquire him. Instead, the Giants did. Uh, that's the only thing that I could have seen as an improvement. I don't like taking a, a, a first-round tight end in this draft. Maybe if you sitting there in the second round and possibly a, a, a Darnell Washington is available, maybe you could – potentially go and grab him. But if I'm going to take a tight end first round, I need to make sure that he's going to be a top tier guy. Um, that person that I see as a top tier tight end is coming out next year. Uh, Brock Bowers out of Georgia. 
Um, other than that, not messing with any of these tight ends in the first round. Um, when it comes to running back, I think that none of these running backs fit within what Eric Bieniemy has done in Kansas City uh, offensively at all. You talking about when you say none of these running backs? You talking about the current on the team? Yeah, current currently oh, on the boy. team. I think I think that Antonio Gibson can be used better passing game wise, but ultimately nobody within that running back room really fits in with how they like to use their running back. And that's where for me, I like the idea if you're going to, if you're going to be at 16 to trade back, acquire an additional second round pick. And if you can move into the mid twenties, late twenties, go ahead and take Jameer Gibbs. I don't, I don't care about, Oh, don't take a running back first round, whatever. What Jameer Gibbs brings to the offense is another explosive dynamic weapon for Sam Howe to rely on. Being able to get a running back involved in that in that screen game and that player have the ability to take it 60 yards. Uh, he can also run in between the tackles. If you're going to utilize the RPO, he's more of a threat uh, because of that home run ability. And just as a pass catcher, he's elite. Like, in my opinion – Jameer Gibbs reminds me of a Jamal Charles and mixture of Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, a lot of people, yeah, they're going to say B. John Robinson is RB number one, but the way that the league is ran these days, like you need that every down back. And I feel like he's an every down back, and especially with amazing elite uh, pass rusher skills. And he also can contribute in the kick return, punt return game too. Because um, I feel like when we first started this conversation – um, about the draft in their slot at 16, we thought that guys like Chris and Gonzalez might be sitting there. <laughs> Not no more. Uh, Chris and Gonzalez has now moved up to a top 10 pick. Uh, he'll probably be going to either Atlanta or Detroit um, next month in the draft. So it's like, do you just want to settle on a guy just because, or do you want to get, if, if the goal is truly to start saying how, put him around as much weapons as possible. And Jameer Gibbs is, in my opinion, probably off- offensively the number one offensive weapon available in the draft. I think you get him in the second round. I don't think you need to use a first round pick on. Well, you're gonna have to move up to get him second round because the team sitting there at the top. You could trade down from 16. I mean, well, the last thing I'll say, um, I don't disagree with what AJ is saying about the. I, I have question marks about what he's saying with 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 the running backs not fitting the enemy's scheme. I don't I don't I don't know about that one, but I do understand about Gibbs. But I also want to say one thing, and and I'm good. I'm not. I don't really care about running back in the first round, um, or tight end for that matter. But I, I leave that up to them to do the deep dives. But but I but I will definitely be okay with them bringing in somebody to challenge. I know Mattel, you ain't go yet either. So I, I, I would definitely be okay with them bringing in somebody to challenge both Robinson, Gibson, and everybody else in the tight end group as well. Uh, that could be like third or fourth round for me. But bring somebody in. Bring somebody in. Yeah, I think this is an unpopular opinion. Me personally, I probably would have traded Gibson middle of last year. And it's not because I don't think that he's good. I think there's this weird infatuation with Antonio Gibson and our fan base because he's 6'2", 230, runs a 4'3". 
and he can catch out of the backfield. But if we're being 100% honest, and I know people look at the production and say, oh, he's good, he's good. If you watch this team play, there are too many games where he's not really a factor, and he's very inconsistent, and he still leaves y'all on the field, and he's still lacking vision now. It's it's just too many times where I'm like, you're 6'2", 230, but you can't get a yard. You're 6'2", 230, but you're missing holes, and I, I like AG. I'm not saying I don't, but I think that you could probably get a third or a second rounder from Antonio Gibson, maybe, potentially a second. But as it pertains to, like, the running back position, this is another unpopular position. At 16, if he's still there, I'm going to be John Robinson. And the reason why, if I'm not going quarterback, the reason why is because what did the Bengals do when they picked up Jamal Chase, their O-line was decimated. I don't think our O-line is as bad as their O-line was that year. They went and they got the best player in the draft, and he was a playmaker. And Jamal Chase made the, made that entire franchise turn up because he's a playmaker. You got to have a playmaker, and I love B-Rob. That's probably one of my favorite players on the offense just because he's so physical. But what this offense is really missing is somebody that can take it to the house. And, and there isn't anything that B. John Robinson can't do on the field. I'm sorry. Like, I know – and I love Gibbs, and, and Gibbs is more ideal. Go ahead, Maul. You, you, you want to say something? No, no, no. You go. Oh, Gibbs is definitely more ideal because I think you can probably get him later. But there are many people who have B. John Robinson as, like, the number five, number six, number seven player in the overall draft. And if he's sitting there at 16, he's going to be the best player available in the draft. It's not going to be some O-lineman. And I also think this is a deep draft for O-lineman. You may be able to get a starting center in the second round, but you won't be able to get a home run hitter. You won't be able to get a bona fide playmaker. Those guys come off the board first round. So that's why I said it's an unpopular opinion, but that's just kind of where I'm going with it. I I, I take Bijan on 16. Boom. Um, there it is. Uh, Cole, Keith, Marcus, Corey, appreciate all y'all checking in as well. Uh, Marcus, I saw you. Uh, Monty, I saw you as well earlier. Um, fellas, it's gonna wrap it up for us. I'm 10 minutes, 10 minutes late past uh the other podcast. Um, but you know, when we get sucked in uh with the, the commanders talk, um pause. I said sucked in. I ain't say I ain't say I ain't say the other oh, I could have said pause off. I could have said something else. Oh, yeah, no, nah, hey. cool. <laughs> hey, that's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm, I'm real. I was real uh, mindful of my words. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's going to wrap it up for us. Um, I'm going to go get to my other show. But, fellas, y'all be back next week. Um, let's try. All right. All right. Let's set it in stone. We're going draft next week. Uh, we've talked a couple times around the draft. We're going to go ahead and get right into it next week, get some draft talk. Hold up, Mo. Are, are we doing the uh, trapper dive mock draft like we did last year? Remember we did. I the like that. I, I swear to goodness, I yes, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, what what was we? What was no, we, we gotta do that right episode, before the draft, right? though. We'll do that right before the draft. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's figure that one out because I know I know we did multiple. We did one where you couldn't trade. You had to pick a sixteen. And then you then we did like what one three round mock or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Or yeah, two round yeah, mock. Them, boy, like them boys at PFF then locked up the the rounds, so you can only do one and two. <laughs> oh, all right, bet. I don't know what I'm doing past three anyway. That's cool. For real? I'm doing four three. Going, at, 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 three right. at three, I was going to get that center from, uh, from Michigan. <laughs> all right. 
Let's go ahead and get up out of here, man. It's time for me to go. Um, but yeah, we back next week, man. Draft talk, all that good stuff. Montel, appreciate you checking in. You already know, bro. All right, y'all be safe, take it easy, enjoy y'all week, all that good stuff. Damn, set, hut, watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.